Welcome to week six of our Authentic Prayer series. We are so glad that you're joining us today, and I'm especially excited because I have my very dear friend, Pam King, here with me from Austin, Texas, and she and her husband, Jim, have been in town visiting, and that has just been so great having them with us, but I am excited because you're going to hear just a little bit of her life today, and uh, they have been pastoring in Austin. Austin for the last five, five years, years and recently turned the church to their daughter and son-in-law and um, they've just done an amazing thing there but also they've had a missions organization for over 30 years and their lives are committed to making a difference in people's lives across the world and this lady is a treasure so you're gonna love her today and uh, for those of you who are just joining us for the first time in this series just want you to know that in this series authentic prayer we are walking through the Lord's Prayer section by section, verse by verse, really. And we are seeing that this is a framework for prayer that Jesus gave us. And we're seeing that pretty much everything else the Bible has to say about prayer falls within this framework. And we're seeing so many different prayers in the Bible. And I love that the Bible records so many different people's prayers because it shows us that our prayer doesn't need to sound like anyone else else's. Our prayer just needs to be authentic from our hearts, and that's what makes a powerful, effective prayer. And so as we've been walking through the Lord's Prayer, we've been using the word pray as an acronym. And so we've seen that the P stands for praise. Our prayers should be filled with praise. And the R stands for release, because if we want to see God's will come in our life, then we need to be willing to release release our will to him. And then the A stands for ask. And today we're looking at the why. And we're going to see today that that why stands for yield. And so look with us at the, the final section of the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6 verse 13. It says, And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You know, I think a lot of times when people say the Lord's Prayer, and I grew up with the Lord's Prayer being very much part of our lives, um, that last part of this verse is just kind of like, oh, that's just the little conclusion. That's just the, the nice little thing to tag on at the end. But it's not. It's so much more than that. And literally where it says yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory, in the original writings, you know, it's really not talking about an actual kingdom. It's talking about kingship, lordship. Letting our lives be lives that show others who is Lord and King of our life. And it's talking about having lives that show the miracle working power of God and bring honor to him. And if we're going to have a life that does that, then it needs to be a life that is yielded to him. And a life that is yielded so that we don't get off course and get 
led astray by the temptations of the enemy. We need to make this a continual part of our prayer lives that we're praying, Lord, help me to stay on course so that my life can be a life that shows you off to the world and makes you known to the world rather than making me known to the world. But, you know, that's really why we exist, is to make right. God known and to draw others to him. And I think as believers, we can so often think, oh, well, I would never be tempted to fall into some major sin, or I'd never be tempted mm-hmm. to turn my back on God. Well, first of all, we need to stop and realize that none of us are above temptation. And so it's so important that we've got to guard our hearts and make this part of our prayer lives. God, help me. Help me to keep my focus on you. Help me not to be led into temptation. But then also, I think that... It's not so much the big major sin that the enemy tries to lead us into as much as little subtle things because he's very subtle. so true. And so if he can just get our focus in the wrong place, then he can get us off course where our Mm -hmm. lives won't be as effective in revealing the Lord to those around us. And let's be honest, we live Mm -hmm. in this selfie world, this very uh, social media driven world. Yes, a world of self promotion. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't take much Mm -mm. for the enemy to get us caught up in all of that and get our focus on ourselves Mm -hmm. and cause us to have that desire Mm -hmm. to be known more than making God known. And I think that's where we need to stop and recognize, oops, am I getting off course a little bit Mm -hmm. there? And you know, I want you to think with me just for a moment about the nature of the enemy. You know, in Ezekiel chapter 28, it tells us that he actually was created as this beautiful angel, Lucifer, mm-hmm. and he was the seal of perfection mm-hmm. is what the word right. says. says that he was covered with jewels, beautiful, and that his insides were made of pipes. It's, it's been said that he was the worship leader right. of heaven right. and magnificent music coming from him. But you know what happened? He became full of pride and yes. he wanted to be worshiped instead of worshiping mm-hmm. God. He wanted all the glory. Right. He wanted all the focus on him. And he was thrown out of heaven. And his name was changed to Satan, which means adversary. And we need to really recognize that at the core of his nature is pride, mm-hmm. is self-focus and mm-hmm. self-promotion. And so he wants to get us to take on his nature. Mm -hmm. And it really is the easiest way, I think, for him to get us off course and prevent us from bringing the glory to God Mm -hmm. when we want to bring it Mm -hmm. to ourselves. Right. You know, that's the byproduct. What happens? We won't bring it to God if we're trying to get it for Mm -hmm. ourselves. And so we need to stop and ask ourselves some questions sometimes. You know, 
Do I want to be the center of attention? Am I the one looking to be known? Am I wanting fame? Am I constantly checking to see how many followers I have on social media? So tempting. Yes. <laughs> Am I consumed with my appearance or my possessions or successes or positions or any of those things? We need to constantly be just examining our hearts and asking ourselves those questions. And realize that when our focus is on ourself, mm -hmm. we're really mm -hmm. taking on the nature of the enemy. And I remember years ago when the Lord showed this to me, it was such a revelation to me. And it was just really one of those huge aha moments like, uh -huh. oh my gosh, that is exactly what this mm -hmm. is. And I don't want to be living a life taking on the nature of the enemy. And when God showed that to me, I remember that he also really challenged me uh, to do something. And, and I remember he challenged me to stop and think before words come out of my mouth, which is a good thing for which all of I'll us do. to do. <laughs> Hard. <laughs> yes. And uh, so sometimes I'm good at this, sometimes I'm not so good at this. But it's a continual We're process. Growing. Yes. But to stop and think, do my words promote me? Am I, what I'm about to say, is it to make me look good? Is it for my benefit? That's good. Or is it for someone else's That's benefit? Good. And does it bring Very glory good. to God? And we should all stop and ask mm -hmm. ourselves that question mm -hmm. before we speak. Because so often what we say, um, even what we think, uh, how about what we post? It's, yeah. It's to make ourselves look good. And we need to stop and ask ourselves, is it promoting me or is it promoting God? And we're created to be mm -hmm. women, his daughters, that promote him right. and bring glory to him. I mean, think about it. When the devil tempted Jesus in the wilderness, how did he tempt him? He tempted him with these very things, mm -hmm. the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of wow. life, all things that would cause him to want to be the center of attention. He tempted him saying he would give him all the kingdoms of the earth, but Jesus refused to make his right. life about him. In fact, in John six thirty eight, he said, I came to do the will of the father. So... How did Jesus navigate those temptations of the enemy? He combated every one of them with the word. Right. Every time the enemy came with that temptation, Jesus came back at him with the word of God. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think when we look at life through the word, when we daily let our focus be on the word and allow it to shape our thoughts and our decisions and our attitudes, mm -hmm. our mm -hmm. actions every day, that's going to keep us on course. And it's going to keep us from making life all about us. And it'll keep our focus on him and wanting our lives to bring right. glory to him. And, you know, when we do that, that's a life that impacts so many others. Sure. Whenever we get ourselves out of the way, mm -hmm. our life can then impact so many more mm -hmm. people and have so much more fruit that comes from it. And that's a life that brings glory Absolutely. to God.
So this is a really important part of our prayer lives. So we need to be continually asking God to help us stay on course so that our lives will bring him glory. And it's good to ask him for his help, but that's not enough. Because he gives us all a will. He puts the daily decisions and choices in our hands. So we ask him for help, and he is faithful to help us. He's given us the Holy Spirit as Mm -hmm. our helper. But then he wants us to do our part Mm -hmm. to walk it out. And our part is Mm -hmm. to remember not to make life all about Mm -hmm. us. It's not all about me. Yeah, which is not easy. (laughs) Right. Sometimes it is not easy. We like to make life all about us. It's easier to make life all about us. Absolutely. So let's just quickly look at a, a couple of examples in the word. And there's so many examples we could look at, and we don't have time to look at all of them today. I want to tell you, when you have time, read through the book of Jonah. Remind yourself of the story of Jonah, because he didn't walk this out quite so well. (laughs) God had an assignment for him, but he got Uh in the way a little bit and tried to make Mm -hmm. it about him. So you can read that on your own. But let's also think about Paul. I mean, I love the Apostle Paul, and when I think about his life, he, you know, he, here he is in prison and he could have so easily been tempted to make it all about him and to get his eyes glued on himself, feeling sorry for himself, being angry, having a pity party and all of that, which um, we can all do. Yeah. He had a lot to be angry about. Exactly. feel sorry for himself. Right. But he refused to go there. Right. And I'm confident that the enemy would have tempted him to try to go there Mm -hmm. because that's who he is. That's his nature. Mm -hmm. That's what Mm -hmm. he does. But Paul refused to go there. And instead, he said, no, if this is where I am, I'm going to use my life to bring glory to God, to impact people. So in that prison, he wrote so many letters to the churches Mm -hmm. to encourage people, to help them in their spiritual walk, to help them grow in God. And they were impacted greatly, but it wasn't just the people in that day that were impacted. Those letters have become such a huge part of the New Testament. Still impacting. Yes, impacting lives. every generation yes. since then, including ours. Us. His letters have greatly impacted right. my life. Right. And I love that he refused to make his life about himself. He put himself aside. He did what he could do to encourage others to bring glory to God. And as you read through his letters, it shows the joy that he had in the Mm -hmm. midst of it. Mm -hmm. You know, when we get ourselves out of the way, out of the equation, so much joy and fulfillment and blessing ends up coming into our lives as a result. You know, one other example that I think of in the word is Esther. And, you know, Esther, here she is. She had just become queen and Mordecai wanted her to go to the king and um, and go before him and tell him about this evil plot to kill the Jews. And she didn't want to do it because she knew you don't just waltz in before the king. Right. And so she knew that her life was in jeopardy. Yeah. So she said, no, I'm not doing <laughs> that. No, what's going to happen to me? I might be killed. And so she 
had her eyes fixed on herself at first. She said no. She, it right. was all about her. But then when Mordecai said, hey, you never know. You could be here just mm -hmm. for this mm -hmm. time. And she realized that. And so she released her will for yeah. God's will. She gathered people mm -hmm. around to pray and to fast to see God's intervention. Yeah. And then she listened to God. God spoke to her and she walked out a series of events doing uh -huh. what God led her to do. And God intervened miraculously and the Jews were spared. And this would have never happened if she wasn't willing to get herself out, out of, the, of way. the way. And then at the end of the story, we see the incredible blessings that flowed into her life right. and her family, Mordecai's right. life as a result. I am telling you, God will do miraculous yes, things through our lives when we're just willing to yes. get ourselves out yes. of the way and refuse to make it about us. That's right. We've all had to do mm -hmm. this, and I know you have definitely had to do this in different seasons, mm -hmm. in different ways. Can you share with us a little bit about well, that? I was just reminded of the story of Esther. I love the story of Esther, but she had to make herself uncomfortable. I mean, yes. let's let's right. think about it. She was she was a normal person like you and I, yes. and she had been brought into this life of opulence. I mean, who wants to give that up? Everything at her, anything she wanted, people yeah. to wait on her, and don't you know it crossed her mind? Well, I kind of like my life. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to sure. I don't want to jeopardize my life. I don't want to jeopardize what I have. And that's the place that I was at. We women, we love to be comfortable, right? I mean, we love right. I don't know, but I like all my ducks in a row. I like being comfortable. I don't like to be made to feel uncomfortable and um several years ago, my husband, he alluded to it this morning when he spoke here at the church, but he started going into the former Soviet Union after communism fell. And I could tell that he was really enjoying going and being there. And it made me a little uncomfortable because I knew something, you know how you have that feeling, my nest, my nest is about to be stirred and something is about to be changed and I don't like this because I've got everything like I want it. Yeah. And as God began to deal with us, then it became very evident because God spoke to me too that we were going to move to the former Soviet Union. And my husband had always said, I would love for you to go with me next time I preach a crusade in the former Soviet Union. And I would always say, no, I'm not going to go. Our kids are too young for both of us to be out of the country together. And I would never leave them with anybody but family, but I'd never ask family to keep them for that long because he would be gone 10 days at a time. And so when you know it, his parents called one day and said, next time Jim goes to Russia, we're going to fly up and take care of the children so that you can go with him, Pam. Well, I was all out of excuses. You know, I basically had to go then. And I can remember the first time I stood on the platform. And you'd have to understand in the former Soviet Union, we always rented houses, what they called houses of culture, opera houses. And people were so hungry that they would sometimes have two people in a seat just to get in the building and they'd be lined across around the room and all along the wall. And I can remember standing on the platform or on that stage that night as I began to sing and I always get emotional because I don't know if you've ever looked at people and on their face is written no hope because they had no hope. And on their face was written 
no hope. And after Jim preached the word and preached the gospel, and many of them came forward to give their hearts to the Lord, for the first time they had heard the gospel message. And all of a sudden, I saw the countenance change, and their faces had once said, no hope at the beginning of the service, but because they had asked Jesus to come into their heart because they had heard the gospel for the first time, many of them, all of a sudden, I have hope now is written on their face. And I remember the Lord, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, if it means, Pam, that you have to give up some of your comfort, and if it means that you have to give up your cush life for these people to hear the gospel, they have a right to hear the gospel. And I remember at that moment, I yielded and I said, your kingdom come and your will be done. Because our obedience always brings glory to God. And it may not be what we want to do. And it may not be anything that we ever sought out to do. Just like Esther, I'm sure she never intended to do that. And I'm reminded of Psalm 40 verse 8, I believe it is, where David said, I delight to do your will, O Lord. Because it's not always easy to yield to the will of God. It's not always easy to obey when it means that you're going to have to do some things that are new to you or uncomfortable. And you may never be called to live in a foreign country or to travel or to do anything like that. But there's some things in your life, in your everyday life, and in your home, in your family, that God will ask you to do that's uncomfortable. And you may not want to do them. But I promise you, on the other side, of your yielding, on the other side of your obedience, is great fulfillment and great blessing. You know, we always look at the Lord's Prayer, and most of us know the Lord's Prayer, but we forget that little tag at the end. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Jesus walked on the earth, and everything he did, it was to bring glory to the Father. And we are to, with our lives, to bring glory to the Father, whatever that may look like. And then fast forward a few years, um, I was asked to do that again after I had all of my kids, all of my grandchildren in the same town, same city. I mean, I had it made. Life was good. And then God said, nope. I have a little assignment for you in Austin, Texas that I need you to go do. And I left all of my family, all of my children, all of my grandchildren, 20 years of friendship to move, not to a foreign country, even though Texas is a little bit of a foreign country, (laughs) to move to Texas to uh, fulfill an assignment that God had for us there. And again, it was, okay, yielding, not my will, Lord, but yours be done because we always want, or for my life, I want to fulfill the will of God for my life. Yes, absolutely. And whenever we yield to that, there's always other people on the side, other always. side of that. That yeah. we may not ever know about, right. we may not ever meet, but we are having an impact on their life. And I think that's the thing that I want to just encourage the women today is that it doesn't matter what walk of life you're in. It doesn't matter what your career is. You may be a stay-at-home mom. God has an assignment for you. Absolutely. And he has something for you that could be the salvation of someone else. Yes, absolutely. And when we're willing to just get ourselves out of the way and yield to God, make that our prayer. 
God, don't let me be tempted to make life about myself. Let me keep you as the focus so that people will see your kingship, your lordship. My life will bring honor and glory to you. That's what it's all about. And that's when so many other blessings and fulfillment Mm -hmm. comes into our lives as a result. I want to pray for you today. I want us to pray together for you today. But Father, God, right now, God, I just ask that you would help all of us to recognize areas of life where we've made it about us. God, forgive us. Father, if we've put ourselves first, if we've tried to become known more than making you known, Father, show us, reveal that to us. Convict our hearts and show us how to make adjustments that we need to make. And God, help us to refuse to be tempted by the enemy to get our focus in the wrong place, to get off course. And God, help us keep our focus on you so that our lives will bring glory and honor to you and others will be impacted as a result. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, I want to give you girls some discussion questions to chat about right there in your groups. And first of all, has your desire to be known ever been greater than your desire to make God known? Okay, good opportunity for some honest discussion there. (laughs) Number two, are your daily decisions, attitudes, and actions bringing glory to God? And number three, what are some things you can do to let God be seen more through your life? Okay, talk about those things, spend some time praying for each other, and then I want to encourage you to do something throughout this next week. Start to pay attention and notice when you promote yourself. When you say things that are to make you look better, okay? Just start to notice those things because we've all been there. We all do it. It's a constant process to grow through those things. Notice it and then bring it to God and ask him to show you how your life can be more effective in promoting him. All right? Now, we've walked through our acronym together, but we still have two more weeks in this series, and we are going to be just talking about some other things that tie into the Lord's Prayer and this series, Authentic Prayer. I can't wait to walk out these next two weeks with you girls and just want you to know that I love you and I am praying for you. Have a great week.